Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hello and welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. We will be surfing the Uranus waves in today's show. We're going to be talking about astrology and how the planet Uranus features into the Western astrology system. Our special guest star surfer today is Mark Lerner of Great Bear Enterprises. And you might have heard Mark before on the show, and he's been publishing the Cosmic Calendar for years now, and he's also a teacher of astrology. He has a podcast that's called Astroscope that you may have seen in your internet travels. And as you know, Mark is the creator of the magazine Welcome to Planet Earth that was published from 1981 to 2000, and he's at it again. Earlier this month, Mark released a new online magazine called GPS Astrology, and it's dedicated to providing that rainbow bridge between many metaphysical fields including astrology and many of the ancient wisdom teachings. So you can always find out more about Mark Lerner at greatbearenterprises.com. And Mark is going to give us a scoop today about the planet Uranus and how we can bring that planet into our daily surf, if we'd like that. So he has other talents up his sleeves as well. He has a background in tarot, uh, developing tarot cards, and even baseball tarot. So welcome, Mark. How are you surfing the psychic waves lately? Well, that's a great introduction. I really appreciate it, and everything is going cool. And that planet is very powerful right now, as we're sharing with everyone. Yeah, I think uh, Uranus is is right, you know, in the middle of Taurus, I think. Well, yes, and uh, what happens is Uranus has an 84-year cycle, pretty close to exact and we can get into that. I think I actually sent you a few charts a while back about the discovery of the planet, and we can talk about that March 13, 1781, right at the close of the American Revolution. Yeah. And it was discovered in England, and there's a whole history, and I've studied that. I've been into all of this astrology for 50 years, and right near the beginning, I got into the planet Uranus, which is the first planet discovered at all, and right uh, beyond Saturn. So it, it changed everything back in 1781. And we can talk all about that whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'd love to jump into that right now. I mean, we just, it seems like 1781 in America, we were breaking away from England, and then here comes yeah. England with some new information. <laughs> so that must have been kind right. of an interesting thing. Yeah, and today, as we're doing this, the, pl- the planet appears to what we call in astrology making a station, um, which is right as it's about to go retrograde, or what we call in reverse from the Earth standpoint, because we're always seeing in the solar system now that we know for since Galileo and Copernicus and previous astronomers and physicists and cosmologists, we finally figured out that the Earth is not the center of the solar system that the sun is, and this was always part of the problem of all these calculations going back a couple of thousand years in the whole, what was called the Ptolemaic. He was an astrologer. He was an Egyptian living in in uh, Egypt, 
Um, and that's where a lot of the original astrology, I mean, astrology goes way back to all kinds of other cultures, even Atlanta, thousands of years ago. So there's a whole history of all that. But nevertheless, we were kind of missing what was beyond Saturn. And the whole ancient idea, which started breaking up sort of in the 1500s uh, with Copernicus saying, hey, the sun is at the center, then Galileo reinforced that in the 1600s. And then uh, Sir William Herschel, actually it was William Herschel, he only became a third and was knighted and became uh, the king's astronomer after finding this planet. But what actually happened, this is a guy who is a German emigre living in South Western England in Bath, England, and it was in the last year of the Revolutionary War. He had been a mathematician, um, he had taught music, but he started getting into astronomy, built a telescope, and it was a seven-foot telescope, and what he actually thought he discovered was a comet, and then he reported his findings to the Royal Astronomy uh, Society in England and took several weeks, and they said, okay, it's actually planet because of its orbit and so on and he didn't even name it Uranus or Uranus he wanted it to be named and this is really funny Christy George's star in Latin like uh, Georgium Sidus he wanted the planet instead of being named after a deity like mythologically like Jupiter Saturn Mercury and so on so he wanted to honor the king okay well that wasn't going over very well with others and it was another astronomer uh Johann Bode and another person who eventually sort of intervened and said, you know, we can't really do this. So they came up with Uranus. And what's another weird thing is England actually kept the name in most of its almanacs all the way to 1850. Like, this is like 70 years later. Finally, they said, okay, it's not Georgia Star, it's Uranus. <laughs> the rest of the world was already on to uh, that planetary name. And then by then, Neptune became discovered in 1846. So it's funny about how the Revolutionary War and all these changes, but Uranus is a planet of the Industrial Revolution and change and revolution, radical uh, changes. Everything that's eccentric and idiosyncratic and unusual, high-tech, um, the higher mind, intuition, breakthroughs, and higher consciousness, whole gamut of ideas and uh, energies, that some of which are amazingly great, and other things that are kind of shocking and disturbing. So Uranus is always like a, a jack-in-the-box. You never know what's going to happen with it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like that too much. But, uh, you know, we have had probably a Uranian blast of something <laughs> in our own lives. And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what Uranus is doing in the constellation of Taurus. And it's making, uh, it's shaking hands with the North Node or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so what happens with all of this, because that this planet has a very close to 84-year cycle, okay? Yeah. Uh, going through all the signs, and there are 12 signs, it averages about seven years to be in any sign. So one of the things that, what we would call, and this was part of, thank you about mentioning Welcome Planet Earth, what I created back in 1981 for 20 years. That was fundamentally a newspaper magazine focusing on world leaders and the seasons and eclipses and things like Uranus and its longer cycles, let's say, going through Taurus here. So when a planet like Uranus, and there are different pronunciations, some people say Uranus, 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 there are different ways to pronounce planet as well. That being was kind of a titan 
above and beyond the other mythologies of Mount Olympus and Jupiter and Saturn. This goes, the naming of this planet goes really back to kind of Atlantean lore. Okay. So just so we know we're dealing with this planet is of all the planets, it sort of goes beyond Mercury, Venus, Earth, you know, Earth, Jupiter, Saturn. It's sort of an energy that is beyond our even archaeological, you know, sort of prehistory. Um, yeah as an ancient, ancient sky deity. So sort of cosmos, just so we know what we're dealing with. That's why it's sort of out there, you know what I mean? Eccentric, and usually we never know what's going to happen because it's sort of larger than our regular lives. And when, once we discovered this planet, which was beyond Saturn, just so you know how Uranus and Taurus would be, Taurus is a sign, an Earth sign. A lot of people will associate it with money, business, things that have to do with practicality, hard work, uh, determination. There's a lot of positive qualities of Taurus, challenging ones like stubbornness, obstinacy, like refusing to sort of see the reality. But it's, it's the second sign of the zodiac after Aries. And so whatever begins as a sort of pioneering seed or fiery beginning of any enterprise or activity needs to get earthed and grounded in Taurus. So Uranus has been there like about three-plus years going to be there another three plus years and then what you mentioned there's what are called the nodes of the moon which is um a north node and a south node they're always used in charts they look like a little horseshoe uh one is in taurus now the which is the northern node of what we call it astronomically the southern node is in uh, scorpio and uranus happens to be sort of on that spot and that has to do with the moon's orbit, and as we talked last time, the moon has a lot to do with all of our personal lives, our feelings, our emotions, our sense of home and family. So Uranus brings in, as I was saying, excitement into home and family, energy, high vibrations that we're all trying to incorporate, but it also brings in the jack-in-the-box, like families are trying to figure out where we live now. You know, we've had things like COVID, inflationary pressures, all these other things, and those are also particularly money and inflation, that's Taurus, because Taurus has a lot to do with uh, money and practicality, and it's ruled by the planet Venus, which also has to do with the money that, that you have in your bank account and what you want to spend and how you want to spend it. So Uranus goes in there and sort of tweaks it all and says, well, here's a great idea. Why don't you do this? Or then you, you start following some kind of a plan and then, wait a minute, that's not working. So that's also the planet of surprise, that's not going on, why don't you introduce something completely different? So it's kind of everything about experimenting and trying new things. So it seems like this is affecting everybody, as in today, <laughs> or in the next couple everybody. days. Everybody on the planet. And, you know, I'm sure this is happening all the time, and we sort of miss it, you know. But uh, we're capturing the moment <laughs> here on Surfing the Psychic Waves today, of where there is a global something happening to everyone, where mm -hmm. Uranus is like, hello, just barging right. in the door. So how would you use it? Well, generally speaking, after Uranus was discovered, okay, so what started happening, the American Revolution, and this is important for people to know, for the, for the first four years of the American Revolution, it wasn't like the Americans were winning, okay, the 13 colonies. They were losing. So mm -hmm. I also look at it sort of from a humorous standpoint. By the way, in the Tarot, the Fool card is connected by most Tarot researchers 
who link up a planet or assign a zodiac to the 22 major arcana, the fool is considered Uranus, okay? Because uh-huh. things that are jocular, like jesters, are related to Uranus. Comedians are Uranus. Uh-huh. There's so many factors and ways in which you can use the planets. Every planet is not just a planet in our space. It represents all the themes and archetypes and qualities of our daily existence. That's why I was saying Taurus has a lot to do with money, how you spend it, what's in the bank. You know, people are moving around. They're trying to figure out, should I sell my house? Should I rent this? Should I live in another place? Which is part of what we call astrocartography. So, yes, you're totally right. Uranus, we might think, oh, it's far away. It's beyond Saturn, like Neptune, Pluto. You know, why will <laughs> Why would it actually do anything? Well, all the planetary energy, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, but the outer planets move more slowly. So Uranus will is right at, kind of, as you said, in the middle of Taurus, and so we're sort of getting in the seven-year cycle, 2022, is kind of like, okay, we have to pitch our tent, understand that this planet is sort of mucking up, right? Money, inflation, things that are happening, like the war in Ukraine. One of the big things, aside from the terrible thing that's happening, okay, is Mm -hmm. grain from Ukraine, because America has been kind of a center of feeding the world. Well, over in Europe, that's a big thing with Ukraine. And so this is creating all kinds of worries about malnutrition and people starving. I've read, read articles about the Horn of Africa in different places. So some of these places, we have climate change, we have all these things that we we can't control. And that's also... Uranus and Neptune, Pluto, planets that are far away, are kind of archetypes of they're influencing us, but they're not, they don't work like the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, which are more personal energies, like in your chart, my chart, anybody listening. We all have a chart with all these different planetary energies, but we can't use Uranus, whether it's transiting in Taurus or in a natal chart, the same way we'd say, hey, the Sun is our character, the Moon is our personality, Mercury is words and language, Venus is friendship and love, Mars is will, purpose, and power on an individual level. When you get out further on, planets like Jupiter and Saturn, we can kind of work with them as movers and shakers of our kind of career and business life, but we can't walk around and we're not living in a kind of Uranian, Neptunian, Plutonic daily universe, but it is, this planet is particularly our intuition, like getting a flash of Venus, that's Uranus. New ideas, breakthroughs in consciousness. That's what people need to recognize. When you, when you pick up on an idea or stumble upon something and discover something, something new, that's kind of a Uranian energy coming into our lives, kind of like a lightning bolt. Okay. So we could be looking for those lightning bolts today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today very strongly the- because the planet, because of we're living on Earth, and when people, this is one of my pet peeves, where Mercury gets blamed when it goes retrograde, because it does it the most often. It's just the first planet from yeah. the sun. Now, today, Uranus is doing it, but it's going to stay retrograde for like five months, January. So today, it's not moving from the Earth's point of view. Like on September 9th, all the astrologers around, oh, Mercury stopped and it's going retrograde. Oh, my God, you know, world with light and things are falling apart. I completely disagree with all of that. Okay, because we live in a solar system. Earth is important, and we all have our charts. But guess what, everybody? We all have a heliocentric chart. For the same moment we're born on Earth, there's a chart if we base everything on the sun. But we're not living there. 
However, no planets are actually ever going backwards. Okay, they may rotate weirdly, like Venus and Uranus have weird rotations of their actual planet. But they're all going, all the planets are going around the sun. We're all going forward, sort of, in the pathway around the sun. But because we're 93 million miles away, we start seeing things like, oh, Uranus is going to go into reverse for so many months. But you're not going to see anybody writing about it in the daily kind of things where people say, oh, my God, Uranus is retrograde for five months. Nobody even talks about it. Okay, it's like unimportant, except today it isn't moving. And when a planet isn't moving, it's like a laser beam. That's why you and I are doing this, and hopefully people will tune in, learn more about their charts, this planet, read the history, you know, astronomically, and tune into its vibrations astrologically. So we must all have a little bit of Uranus in us, like the little bit of the rebel or the -the out-of-the-box thinker. Or maybe we're the jack in the box to our family. Um, yeah. You know, we must all have this these personality traits. So maybe over the next couple of days or so, we should be looking at what how we relate to Uranus. Um, You're totally right because see, each of us in our charts, as you know and I know, there are twelve what we call houses or spaces surrounding the Earth, and they used to be called domiciles. So let's say somebody's born. And if that planet at your birth is prominent, what, what that would mean is, I was just reading about the, gover- the, the former governor of Florida, okay, Charlie Chris, just one, this is just an example, in the last 24 hours, and this is very much a Uranian thing. I, I didn't know his birth chart. He just won the Democratic primary to run against Ron DeSantis in Florida. Okay, so this is going to be a big thing that everybody's going to be watching. Who's going to win the governorship of Florida? Well, guess what? Chris, who used to be governor and is now a representative and could be governor again, is born on the day that the sun and Uranus are conjunct. That only happens on one day every year. He was born in the 1950s. And I just looked that up last night because I saw the news, and I thought what he's saying is very unusual because he's a former Republican, then he became an independent. He's supporting now the Democrats. He's kind of all over the place, and if you look at his life, it's all very checkered and unusual. And I thought... This is before looking him up, right? I thought, this guy seems very Uranian. I knew I'd be on the show and that Uranus is moving. And lo and behold, I looked at his birth chart, which I never looked at before. Sun and Uranus and Leo together can only happen once a year. So that's an example of my own intuition, and I have that planet very strong. If people, if you know your chart or if you find out your chart, you look for this planet and its symbol, which looks kind of like the letter. It's kind of interesting. It looks like a letter H with mm-hmm. a line going through it and a little circle below. So it's like inside this letter H. And part of that is that because the guy who discovered it, his last name was Herschel with an H. Okay, so somehow that got incorporated into the symbol, all right? And then <laughs> Venus with a, a circle with a cross under it is sort of upside down inside of that which represents this whole thing that you were saying, like a jack-in-the-box. I, I realize that's, you know, I mean, there's so many words and things in our culture, but people like Einstein, people like a scientist, discoverers of anything, and the things we discover in our own lives, whether it's, you know, secrets in our family lives, something, oh, my God, you know, mom and dad do this, <laughs> and I've found a, a number of those things in my life. 
those moments, that's like Eureka. Oh my God. You know, when people write OMG with an exclamation point, that's a kind of Uranian thing, like an idea and something that changes everything. And that's why actual lightning and energy on a very high frequency, like a lightning storm, thunder and lightning, that is the Uranian event. And one other thing about it, which is interesting, see, Uranus is kind of like in the Zen, it's the equivalent of the eternal now, like living in the moment, okay? Most of the time, we just go through our daily routines, right? I mean, we have our plans, whatever it is, hopefully nothing you know, terribly disrupts everything. But if there's suddenly like a, a thunder lightning storm comes into your area, if you actually, if it's nighttime and you, everything is dark and then you see that bolt of lightning and for a split second you see the landscape and then it disappears, that is what Uranus represents, a kind of stark awakening to something other than what you perceive as the normal reality. And when that happens, that is Uranus entering your life or part of your life. Wow. Okay. So this is like happening all the time. Yeah, it's like be careful uh, the topic that you create on yourself because we're doing, I mean, this is probably a first. I mean, how many people doing what you're doing talk to a person like myself on the day that the planet, which we're having a discussion about, isn't moving? Which, when, when a planet is motionless, 50 years ago, when I got into astrology based on all the great teachers I had and I started doing charts, the first thing I do is I open up what's called a book called an ephemeris that has, the one I have is 100 years, let's say from 1900 to 2000. Every day, we're all the planet. Now there's another one for the 21st century. So look at somebody, somebody has ordered a reading or whatever it is. I'm going to do a work with them. And I open the book for their book, like I did with Charlie Crisp as an example. And I look, is the planet not moving? What's not moving? Mercury, is it moving fast or slow? A lot of astrologers now don't even work with the book. <laughs> this is kind of the Bible to me of astrology and astronomy, knowing the solar system as a whole, what's slowing down, what's moving forward, what's moving backward, um, and what isn't moving. And if something isn't moving, it's kind of as if like an exclamation point. Oh, that planet is incredibly more powerful, and I need to understand what that is. Yeah, I I kind of um I kind of like that idea of being able to sort of take these pictures or these like energetic snapshots of mm -hmm. these planets as they're staying still. And we must all have some of that happening in our charts at at some point. Um and then using the ephemeris is definitely um you know, giving you the scoop of where all the planets are in the sky at any one moment. And that's kind of how I started with even questioning about astrology was because mm -hmm. I just kept having these dreams about Jupiter and there was something going on in my chart. And so I am still presently surprised, thanks Uranus, that um, yep. some of the way the planets sort of get into our own world is, you know, just through different psychic vibrations that sort of come up. And for me, it was a, a couple of dreams about Jupiter, and that kind of started the whole thing with astrology. Well, 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 we're in sync with that, because before I ever got into astrology, right, you, like you mentioned, I've studied tarot, created two different tarot decks, including a baseball tarot. That's why I love mm -hmm. it in childhood, coming from the East Coast of New York, was 
all these sports teams. We won't get into the names because most of the country don't like those teams, but I was raised in New York. Okay. So the thing is, is that before I get into it, I had the same thing happening. I had all these dreams of, I'm in the solar system. Why am I, why am I experiencing Jupiter? Why am I experiencing Venus? And I kept on opening the door of dreams. And that eventually led to Tarot, numerology, metaphysics, reincarnation, Edgar Cayce, Rudolf Steiner, all these metaphysical things, P.D. Ouspensky in Search of the Miraculous. And finally, I sort of opened the door through a vision um, of what I consider my guardian angel when I was 22, which is 50 years ago. And then a couple months later, because of where Mercury was in the sky, the, the, the so-called messenger of the gods from ancient Greek and Roman mythology, because of actually the astronomical position of Mercury, I started getting into astrology. I bought a book called Astrology, the Space Age Science. But I learned, you see, that the planet Uranus was not moving when I'm born by opening up and getting one of these ephemerides. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I've done all this research about atomic energy when I was 32. Um, Uranus is connected to that. The whole discovery of uranium, okay, radio radioactivity and things like that. So in Welcome to Planet Earth, which was only in a newsletter in 1981-82, I did all, uh, suddenly I get into all this research. I didn't want to get into it. Atoms, electricity, radioactivity, um, the first nuclear chain reaction in Chicago in 1942 that I believe there's a chart for the start of the nuclear age, and Uranus happens to be rising in that chart and very prominent. So, um, for instance, the news of today, like 24 hours ago, like in Florida, that's like a nuclear bomb going off. <laughs> Charlie Chris, former governor, against this guy. This is like, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali <laughs> against Joe Frazier or something, you know, like in the boxing world or the world, the seventh game of a World Series or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Uh, the gold championship in, in women's soccer. It, it's like this moment that's going to happen in the midterms, and the eyes will often be on that because the current governor of Florida wants to be president. And the former president lives down there, and all these other things are happening, right? And so even in politics, I mean, the fact that I tuned into this thing with the former governor's chart, that was the last thing I was thinking of doing last night. I was preparing to talk to you and reading about all the astronomy and going over the chart. I didn't want to have politics intervene, but it taught me again that everything that sort of happened last night, today, tomorrow, and not just today and tomorrow, I mean, what will happen is the Iranian energy, even though that planet is going reverse, it's not bad, it's not negative, and every month there's a moon-Uranus conjunction, because the moon has a 27-day cycle, So, and planets are going to be contacting Uranus, making what we call a trine or a square or an opposition mathematical point. So this planet is going to be very active in all of our lives. And, and it usually is every day. It's just that we don't always notice it. Yeah. I mean, because it's 84 years, I mean, it's possible that most of us are going to get a lot of that energy, you know, coming at us through our daily lives. And, and wherever Taurus is in the chart, like I said about the houses, and you were asking that question. So, Somebody might have their son in Taurus. Okay, so that's going to be extra powerful that Uranus, for people who were born like around May 5th to May 10th of any year, um, Uranus is what we call in conjunction with the sun. If you're born in November and you're a sun sign Scorpio, then Uranus is 
opposing your son, and that has other meanings about relationship. But for all Taurian individuals, or if you know your chart, you like, okay, I have Venus in Taurus, I'm a Gemini sun, or I have sun in Aries, but my moon is in Taurus, or my Mercury. Wherever Taurus is, even if you don't have celestial, uh, if you don't have anything in there, Uranus is active in your chart in what we call that house. And each one of these spaces in the birth chart, like the first house is self-expression, the second is money, the third is communication, fourth is home, and so on. So Uranus is impacting every single one of us. It's just that with some people, it's more intense, um, more opportunist, more crazy, right? The jack-in-the-box part. Um, but otherwise, it is always trying to sort of offer lightning bolts that hopefully don't strike you to create devastation, but they're off in the distance. You know, it's like, wow, I just saw the whole landscape there, and that was incredible. What does that mean? And one other little thing, you mentioned this about, you know, dreams. Because Uranus is the first of the outer planets, beyond that, like you, you said, you like the idea of these, these snapshots, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's Neptune is the planet of dreams and visions and even photography and film and so on. And then Pluto, and Neptune discovered in 1846, Pluto was discovered in America in Flagstaff, Arizona in 1930. And Pluto, as we know from its name, moved the underworld in mythology. So when Uranus throws these, you know, snapshot moments, and Neptune is sort of capturing them, and we all have a Neptune, and then we all have a Pluto, which is like, oh my God, I just saw this amazing scene. We sort of put it into our memory as a photograph, and then it it changes our sort of the subliminal part of our universe, like in the depths of ourselves, we change. And then if we go back to Saturn and Jupiter and so on, Saturn is kind of the structure of your life. You know, your business, your work, your niche in the world. Jupiter is, as you said, the constant dreaming and imagining and enlarging our perspectives, you know, power, positive thinking. And then each of these planets, as we go inward toward Mars, the asteroids, uh, Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, Vesta, and some of these other asteroids, then we get to Mars, we get to Earth, we get to Venus, we get to Mercury, the Sun. So there is actually this sort of open door, Uranus, where it's situated just beyond Saturn, and before Neptune, is a door, you see. So it's like the twilight zone, too. And Chiron, this other little planet, which we might talk about sometime, discovered in 1937, is actually a little planet between Saturn and Uranus. So that discovery in 1977 is really fascinating. And actually, one more thing, when Uranus was discovered, and this is like totally weird, and I only sort of understood this in the last few years, when Uranus was sighted March 13, 1781, it was in the sign Gemini. And Chiron, which wouldn't get discovered until 1977, was in Taurus, the same sign we're talking about today where Uranus is. And Chiron was then discovered exactly in the same spot where it was when Uranus was discovered. But when Uranus was discovered, Chiron was too small. We weren't looking for it, and it was actually there. But we didn't discover it until it returned to the same place in Taurus 1977. Wow. I was wondering about that. It's just amazing. So Chiron is also like one of these energies because it's just beyond Saturn. Chiron actually moves between Saturn and Uranus. So it's kind of a door, a key opening doors to higher consciousness. So Chiron is kind of like a, 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 you mentioned the rainbow bridge, which is part of concepts I work with. Chiron is a rainbow bridge between the old structure of the solar system sun through Saturn, which seemed like that was it. Stars never move. 
You know, we didn't even know we were in a galaxy. We, everything just seemed that there were stars that never moved and Saturn, the beautiful ring planet, that was it. And then Uranus, whammo, 1781. But there's, there's stuff in the discovery of Uranus chart. Even Pallas Athena in that chart for March 13, 1781 is exactly where it was when America was born, July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence. But we didn't know that either. So I keep looking at the discovery of Uranus chart for all the positions, and now I'm on to doing this research of all of the discoveries of planets, like what's going on in these charts, because it's almost like, and I don't want people to get a wrong impression, we say on Earth, oh, this guy, William Herschel, who then is knighted, becomes the king's astronomer, because he wanted to name the planet after King George III. Now we call him, like, when you look in the books, it says, Sir William Herschel discovered Uranus. Actually, that's incorrect. William Herschel discovered. He wasn't a sir until later, okay? But it was so phenomenal and so amazing. So what I'm trying to say is it's almost like the planet Uranus discovered William Herschel and made him the channel through which mm-hmm. all these things have happened. We, because we emulate people who make discoveries, we think, wow, look at what this guy did. And what he did was amazing. And he did many other things with telescopes and discovering comets. He had a sister, Caroline, who, who discovered comets and worked with him. And then he had a son, John, and he did more things. So it's like a whole family of the Herschel family. But the thing is, it is the planet Uranus. Like when Neptune was discovered, when Pluto was discovered, it's like they utilized individuals who were tuned in, probably in their own charts, too. You're, by the way, get this, Christy. I mean, this, when I got into all this 50 years ago with Uranus, William Herschel died when he was 84. He lived a Uranus cycle. What are the odds of that? I mean, people yeah. could live to be 90. They could live to be 50. You see what I mean? He was born, I think, 1738, so he was 43 years old, something like that, when he discovered Uranus. Then he lives another 41 years, and as Uranus comes back in his chart, he dies. I mean, that's, that's not a coincidence. So who's, who's discovering what? I think it was more like the planet found the appropriate yeah. person. And when you think about it that way, this gets very profound and unusual. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, just Herschel, without being a sir yet, discovering any planet, whatever, you know, it happened to be Uranus, but it could have been Chiron. I mean, if the telescope worked that way, um, it yeah. doesn't sound like it was that powerful. But if, if, if it happened to be, he would have also found Chiron. But it would have also been a little dangerous because he's sort of shaken up what everybody thought around the world about Saturn and Jupiter and only so many planets in the sky, right? So, like, it's a little dangerous also to discover these things. Well, guess what? This is amazing. When he reported his finding to the royal, this is a true story, he said, I found a new comet. He didn't know he discovered a planet. It wasn't until other, you know, the, the royal astronomer looked at his research the, the other guy, you know, in charge of the organization wasn't, I don't know his age, but he's probably older, more, you know, somewhat more experienced. It's just that Herschel had sort of gotten into telescopes, and he was already a mathematician and taught music. So kind of the Harmonian spheres, Pythagoras, he was on another track, got into astronomy. Now, the, the other thing is, 
1690, and this is really fascinating. I'm going to tell you something that's really mind-blowing here from all this research. Another astronomer, other people had, had actually found it, Your Honor, but they didn't know what they found. Just like you're saying, you know, he could have found Chiron. He could have found Alice Athena. Mm-hmm. Um, because he could have found anything that had been undiscovered. But that's, like, again, like you said, people who were already looking for this particular celestial orb. So in 1690, which is like 91 years before, there was astronomer John Flamsteed, and he was already looking for what we were they calling the seventh planet. If you go Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, there was a search for a seventh planet. But the, you see, the structure of the solar system had been sacrosanct. You know, Saturn is it. That's it, you know, according to the ancients, and the stars don't move. So you had these couple of hundred years of Copernicus, Galileo, saying, no, it's the sun, not the Earth. So everything gets starts getting revolutionized before this revolution. And like you said, um, he happens to see in that part of the sky, he thinks it's a comet. Then it turns out to be um, a planet. Now, one other thing, get this. Galileo, who's the one, you talked about Jupiter, he's the mm-hmm. one who saw four points of light around Jupiter because of the telescope he made. He discovered the first four of Jupiter's dozens of moons. Okay. Now, this is really amazing. In, he, he did that around 1610 about looking at Jupiter, and he did all these drawings, Galileo did, and so on. In around, I think, the next year or so, he actually found Neptune. He wrote about this particular whatever it was, but he didn't say, I've discovered a planet. But by going back to his drawings, he clearly, this is what is called pre-discovery of the thing that then is discovered later. So astronomers can look back. Who actually was exploring this thing? What do we know from the records? But the person didn't recognize the discovery. So I have this fictitious idea of like the Florence Daily Times of like January, whatever it is. And if there was a newspaper then, which there wasn't, right? And Gallo says, you're not going to believe what I found. He would, we would have actually discovered Neptune in 1611, which is like 170 years before Uranus. In other words, Neptune has an orbit twice as far. That would have created a whole other thing. So we actually had this great person, Galileo, saw through his telescope Neptune, wrote about it, but didn't say, I found a new planet. So it remained undiscovered until 1846. Wow. I think Galileo got in trouble regularly, right? He got in trouble with the church, with the church, because he was reinforcing Copernicus. Copernicus was Polish, and on his deathbed, it published whatever it was in the 1545. Hey, guys, it's the sun. (laughs) We're not the center of the sun. And this, this was a terrible thing for all of the... The church, everything that had been established, because that was, it wasn't so much that the church was invested and it had to be that the earth is the center. It's just that the Bible, the whole idea of like Old Testament, New Testament, things that were written and promulgated from that standpoint, you can't deviate from that, you know, at least in the original church thing. So anything where somebody was saying, you know, science is telling us that religion, right, is not what we think it is. That's why they keep, you know, they, they didn't embrace science, at least outwardly. Although now we know that I think the Vatican has all kinds of amazing things. 
they, yeah, you they know, have a space program. <laughs> well, no, they have telescopes and all these other yeah. things. You know, and, and there, you know, these movies about the Da Vinci Code and all these other things. Um, Dan Brown's work with all these books and now these movies are all about like what's hidden in the Vatican Library. What are these people concealing? You know, UFOs, ETs, the Great Pyramid. You know, what do they know? Because this is a repository. This is almost like we don't have the Library of Alexandria because it was burned several times. That would have taught us all things about the Great Pyramid, Atlantis, aliens, UFOs, God knows what, right? And that was destroyed by fire several times. But the Vatican, you see, that that's why those movies, like everybody wants to see that, read those books. Like, what's in the Vatican Library? Because it goes back like 2,000 years. Yeah, I, I have always thought they should just start releasing <laughs> some stuff every couple of years, you know. If they did That'd that, maybe cool. we'd find out who killed John F. Kennedy. Maybe we'd find out if he imposed the ETs that we keep blocking. And, you know, in our country, with now 300 million people, everyone's clamoring, you know, why don't you reveal these secrets? And that's also part of Uranus, which is breaking with the old Saturnian, Jupiterian, you know, like when we say America is a Judeo-Christian country or we have separation of church and state, not to get into too much politics here, but the point is, this is getting blown apart with Uranus in the middle of the Earth sign of Taurus. Because Taurus mm-hmm. is also the first Earth sign and represents things that are fixed, like things that are common sense, things that we accept, right? You go to the bank where you withdraw money. Look at all these changes that are happening with uh, virtual, rea- virtual reality, right? And Uranus is making these breakthroughs, like in technology. And we now have something called, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, your, your Apple wallet. Right? I mean, wallets are things normally in a purse or in your back pocket, right, that have cash. Now they're trying to get rid of cash, and then the wallets are virtual. That's sort of part of this whole Uranus thing going through. Aries for seven years now, Taurus for the last three years. That is part of Uranus since around 2011, when Uranus entered um, Aries. By the way, the first day that happened was Fukushima. Right. The tsunami that hit tsunami there on, literally on the day that Uranus entered uh, Aries. It was like oh, now eleven years ago. Yeah, that was that was a really awful day. And it's still happening there. Things with radiation, cover-ups, what happened, health. You know, in other words, Uranus entered. This is also part of. It's not just is Uranus not moving. A governor has. Yeah, a former governor running again for governor, a son conjecture Uranus. Uranus is in all of our charts, like you said. The thing is, is that how do we tap into it? Because it isn't like, oh, I'm a Leo, I'm a Taurus, you know, I'm this or that. Here are my characteristics. And you sort of are driving your Leo car or your Scorpio car or your Pisces car. That's kind of you at the wheel. And then you have moon, your feelings and emotions and these other planets sort of as you're driving around in life that you can control Mercury, Venus, Mars how you think, how you feel, you know, sort of how you act. When you get, you start getting around, like, again, you know, when you're driving and people say, don't use your cell phone or something, if you're not all eyes and ears, if you're not in clear consciousness, a shocking, surprising thing can happen. And who knows, with car accidents and distractions and so on, like, again, when the cell phone came in, I immediately thought, wow, uh, traffic departments, Departments of Transportation need to immediately make new rules. You know, it took years. I was surprised. Like, this Uranian device, you know, this 
amazing thing that people now have in their cars or on their person. If you're driving a car, this can be very distracting. You know what I mean? So that's part of the jack-in-the-box thing. It's not the intuition and genius that take, you know, discovery and you're working on these ideas and after a while you can change the world with your ideas. There is that other side of like, you know, sort of feeling a shockwave, an electrical jolt or a distraction that takes you off kilter. So you've got to be aware of that with Uranus. Yeah. What about other sort of traits with Uranus? Does it have anything to do with writing or... Um... Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I remember reading you know, something, but I'm not sure I'm remembering that correctly. But well, as Uranus got accepted, obviously not in England, they were still calling it Georgia Star. So they, you know, get with the program, folks. But the rest of the world was already watching this and working with it. And by discovering Uranus, three astronomers were able to calculate using mathematics the discovery of Neptune in 1846. But astrologers started thinking, well, this, is, this planet sort of behaves somewhat like Mercury, but like Mercury, uh, uh, what do you call it? What's the phrase? Uh, well, intensified, shall we say. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of almost like a stoned Mercury. Again, when people do things that are alternative or, you know, put, ingest things in their body, whatever it may be. But Mercury has a higher octave, and that's Uranus. So if Mercury is communication in a regular way, writing, words and language. Okay, that's fundamentally part of Mercury. How you write, how you communicate, your ABCs, that kind of thing. That's at least one level of Mercury. It's also health and business and other things. Uranus becomes kind of intuition or beyond the intellect. In other words, we all have, you know how people say we're only using 5, 10, or 15% of our brain power. So whatever is beyond the normal thing, like we have at least when I went to school, we had an IQ test. Now they're talking about EQ, emotional uh, quotient. So everything that has to do with the, the reading, writing, arithmetic, kind of the old way of learning, this is all part of Mercury in particular, how your studies, your reading, your words, and your language. But Uranus is like suddenly these bold ideas, like a new teacher, a new idea that comes into our lives. Or again, it's a new thing that we're thinking of doing. We have For instance, what what we're doing now, GPS Astrology, is an online, um, after 41 years of doing a printed newspaper, magazine, we're now doing something online because my daughter, who does Akacha, she has become kind of a whiz kid with web work and design work, which didn't even exist when she she was born, when Welcome to Planet Earth started in 1981, and now... A couple of years ago, she said, Dad, we could do this. Remember Welcome Planet Earth? We could make this an online magazine. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and now it's just happened. Articles about astrology and other things are all in there. And because people are on Facebook and Twitter and all these other places, this is something that people are doing all the time, you know, going online to read stories and ideas, whatever it is. We're, all, we're doing that all the time. And now we have an online astrological, but not just astrology, it's metaphysics, numerology, tarot, and whatever. It doesn't have to even be astrology. So that's really a Uranian kind of thing. And without telling my daughter's part, she has a very powerful um, Uranus position, and so do I. So, And you have to have one, otherwise we wouldn't be having this discussion. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yeah, it would have been like all. back in the jack-in-the-box surprise area. <laughs> Uranus. Right. But 
Right. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it sounds like perfect timing for GPS astrology, and um, maybe you could let folks know about your website again, where they can find well, it. Well, yeah, Great Bear Enterprises with an S is where consultations, astrology reports, as you said, astroscope. I've done a hundred pod podcasts, and thanks to you, you know, we're also able to to um, through SoundCloud people hearing about all of this. And um, it's all very exciting. The, the website was redesigned by my daughter a couple of years ago. And now, she's, like I said, she's started what will be this quarterly GPS astrology will come out again at the, the full moon, uh, October 9th, and have more articles and more unusual things. It's, it's quite fascinating. If, if people go to www.greatbearintergrades.com, you'll see a tab that will say GPS astrology, and then you can... Subscribe. You can read it. Um, you don't have to be a subscriber to read it, but it's great if you subscribe. Then you'll get, you know, all the information about new issues, and it's really fun and exciting to be a part of all this. And particularly, you know, thanks to you hosting, um, surfing the psychic waves and talking about this. I, I do think this is a unique thing that we're doing today because, I mean, how many times um, on the web and surfing would there be? a host like yourself and an astrologer who has specialized a lot in Uranus and its discovery and what it means, both astronomically and practically and in our charts, on the day that Uranus is, is so powerful. So this is a unique kind of thing. And anyone who listens to it will pick up on that kind of um, electrifying and enlightening, I say lightning bolt, but it's also Uranus is a planet of enlightenment. If we use our intuition and wake up, it's kind of like there are these movies. I remember there was one with Robert De Niro, Awakening. There's so many movies, and all comedic movies that are amazing, like What About Bob? Okay, with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. When you have this thing where you're laughing constantly, that's the archetype of the joker, the jester, the fool. Uranus has that position because it changed everything. All discoveries of anything, all these, we've now found Eris and Sedna and other planets. When people talk about these planets in other solar systems now with the James Webb telescope, like mm-hmm. we might, you know, if we, if we destroy our planet, God forbid we do that, because part of my whole mission here is to save the planet, and by understanding nuclear energy and creating peaceful planet, which is what I've been trying to do for decades with my research. But now people say, well, with climate change and irreversible things, and if somebody does something terrible, you know, that they shouldn't be doing with nuclear stuff, Hey, there's a planet, you know, eight, eight light, light years away. And now with this James Webb amazing telescope, supposedly they're saying we may actually be able to see the atmosphere and the surface conditions of a planet in another solar system, which is incredibly far away. As George Lick would say, you know, in a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars. <laughs> He's another person with a very strong Uranus in his chart, you know, technology changing the sound in, in movie theaters and of the whole Star Wars saga. So I've studied so many different men and women who have powerful Uranian energies and people in my family and friends. And everybody's got a Uranus story somewhere, you know, what it's doing, where it is, its alignment in your birth chart. Yeah, it seems like we definitely don't want to miss out on all the, I guess, gifts that Uranus might be able to you know, show us different things or illuminate for us. I think um, what we covered here today really helps open the door for a lot of folks to 
really look at their chart, see where Uranus is, how they could sort of tap into uh, some of that Uranian energy. <laughs> Notice where you're the jack in the box in your own life. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it someone else? Maybe they have a very prominent Uranus um, position. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. On the website, we also have a report section, and they're from a company called Matrix. And those reports, which are in plain English, are also ways that are not that expensive for people to get in. There's something called the Sky Within NATO Report or Skylog on transits and so on, and a whole group of reports, including numerology. But those reports are interesting because Uranus is a regular planet and will be included in any of these reports that people would order. So you get information about Uranus in your birth chart or where it's moving in your chart if you get one of these cycle ones called um, Skylog or Timeline. So yes, I just wanted people to know from the website in a way that's not all that expensive, you can start learning very quickly. And the reports are sent to people if you order them within 24, 48 hours. So they're in our yeah. astrology shop. The great oh, way great. through the technology of these online reports about your birth chart. For those things, people do need to usually give us birth time as well as month, day, and year, and your city and state. And people usually have the time on their birth certificate or baby record or something. So look for your birth times because that's an important thing in learning more about Toronto. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to wrap up here. We're going to stay tuned for more on Info Radio with Nina Sandrick here next and uh, see you next time. Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves are surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.